You are now listening to the Heroes for Sale podcast. Whether you are a new collector or a seasoned pro, on a daily basis, I cover topics to help you grow your hobby knowledge and strategies to make you money in the market. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. My name is Adam. I am your host. I am bringing on another very special guest, someone who I have been talking to for years. Basically, kind of we came up at the same time. Uh, we sort of got back into cards around two years ago. It is Jake from Jake's B-Ball Cards. How are we doing today? Good, man. How are you doing? I am doing well. So it wouldn't be a Jake's B-Ball card interview without asking you some questions about Shea Gilchrist Alexander because I don't know if there's anybody out there that has been uh, into him as much as you have in the content game. I'm sure that's, it's a player that a lot of people like, but for you, I think you are definitely, it's almost part of your brand at this point. So like, sure. what, uh, give me some of your overall thoughts on uh, SGA at the current moment. Yeah. I mean, so just going off of like most recent stuff, like he had probably the sec his second best game of his career uh, last night against the Bulls. Um, I'd say, you know, in terms of how meaningful the game was, probably his top, his best one. Uh, the Thunder were down 22 points at, I think it was even, you know, some point in the second half. Uh, and he led the team to come back, force OT um, with a uh, and one shot that he got um, to tie it up. And then they made a stop on defense. And then um in OT they won but he had like 33 points shooting I think it was like 63 percent from the field 60 percent from three made all of his free throws uh something like that he was playing great out there so he had 33 10 assists and like five rebounds so you know it, it rivals the 20 point 20 rebound 10 assist game he had last season uh just because they came out with the win and you know to me, what I'm keeping track of too is they stayed at six and six. So they're still at 500. They're still tied with like the majority of like the, there's kind of a top tier in the West right now that's, you know, separated themselves from everybody else. But from like five to like 10 or 12, they're all pretty close. So my thoughts in that, you know, just of how the OKC Thunder are doing in general. And what might be good for Shea is that they could have, they could potentially, if they keep up how they've been playing, they stay competitive, which, you know, with how the NBA is right now with all the COVID stuff going on, players being out, you know, on a night to night basis, a good team might not be a good team anymore. So it gives chances to, you know, young teams like the Thunder who can throw guys in where they're, you know, any guy can, you know, you have Diallo who's been going off. You have Dort who's been going off. Every now and then Baisley will have a good game. So they have guys who can come up and kind of step up in, at the time being. And Shea's kind of been their, you know, consistent guy through it. But, you know, if they're able to play in the play-in, uh, like we had for last season, the play-in tournament for those bottom two spots, which I believe it's the bottom two that they're playing for this season. I'd have to double check it. But, yeah, it might not be a throwaway season you know, for them as everybody thought. And, you know, just his stuff in general, I still think, you know, if you look at how Trey's been performing and how their team in general has been performing and you look at how Shea's been playing and how their team's been performing, like they're, I mean, Trey started out super hot and even going into the season, he was pretty hot. But, you know, as of lately, he's kind of cooled off quite a bit. I mean, he had like four points last night and Shea's just, 
he's the cool thing about Shea right now for me is throughout the season, he's getting better. And I've seen that, you know, more confidence. He's um, just playing more aggressive and kind of taking into that leader, getting more comfortable being the leader and being that go-to guy on the team. So that's really exciting for me. Lots of exciting stuff. I've got some, you know, big cards on the way back to me. So pretty pumped about that too. Yeah, I totally, I totally agree. I mean, from your perspective, you may, maybe you're a little bit biased here, but would you say that the 2018 class that it's really, it's shaping up that it's probably going to be like Luca Trey and then SGA, or do you see like maybe like a Jaron Jackson or one of the other players from that 2018 class? Like in my opinion, I think SGA has clearly made himself that third player with, you know, like you said, Trey isn't playing phenomenally this year. And I think, uh, I mean, I, I'm not exactly sure why it could have been the long layoff. It could have been uh, tons of different factors, but like, do you think that he's pretty much solidified himself as that third, that solid third uh, overall player from that draft class? I think at this point in time, yes. The only thing that I could see happening, you know, if Jaron Jackson Jr. can get healthy and keep his fouls, you know, under control, He's a guy who could be, you know, the big man of the future where he's able to handle the ball, shoot threes. And, you know, in that way, I could see him edging out, you know, Shea for that third spot, especially if the, you know, what the Grizzlies showed us last season is being able to compete. Um, you know, that's interesting to me. But at this point, you know, where we're at right now and what's happening right now. Um, yeah, to me, SGA, you know, Bagley hasn't been playing super great. Aiton's kind of cooled off with their, you know, super deep team. There's kind of a space between those top three guys uh, and kind of the rest down below them. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree with that. I think that third spot is SGA's to lose at this point for the most yeah. part. Um, so transitioning a little bit here for, for you, you kind of have moved into doing cards full time. Um, so I'm interested from your perspective, like if you, if someone is listening to this and they want to take cards more seriously and maybe take it to the next steps or like you have, uh, do you have any advice for somebody who is looking to do that kind of stuff? Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing for me was being patient. Like it took me, you know, a year and a half or so of like really working at it, like a second job, you know, I was working 40 to 50 hours a week at, you know, in a consulting for a consulting firm. You know, I was as a business analyst, uh, so it was a pretty demanding job that I had. And then a lot of my free time was spent in the cards. So, like, if you want to make it something that, you know, you're able to do full time, you do have to put that investment into it. You could get lucky, you know, and it could come sooner than that. But, you know, to get lucky, you kind of have to work at it and create those opportunities to, you know, for that opportunity come to come up, like, you just got to be working on it constantly. Like for me, you know, I was like, Shay, you know, obviously worked out for me. I was buying his, you know, Prism Silver's raw for like 25 bucks and grading him. And that like, you know, I got him back right as they kind of shot up. So it was good for me. But, you know, if you're you know, starting out early, the process is going to take like a lot longer now because for me, you know, the way I started was, you know, buying those less than a hundred dollar cards raw sending them in to get graded and then I could like move up into the next tier of cards from there when they when I would get them back from grading and I could sell them and and then kind of reinvest that into more cards or better cards but since it's now like a you know half year wait time or you know nine months or whatever it might be 
depending on the service level. If you're, you know, trying to do it that way, um, it can definitely be pretty difficult. You know, I was also able to set myself up where through my content between, you know, as a provider for different groups, uh, like in Discord and stuff, like I was able to keep up a consistent income through, you know, getting paid for those or, you know, affiliate income um, that I was running through them. And, you know, I had some pretty good months like August when everything was going really crazy. That was a really good month for me where it really set me up to be able to, you know, have some security going forward. So, you know, don't make it something that you're really forcing to happen. Like if the situation is right for you, it's definitely an awesome thing to do, but everything kind of lined up for me at the time to where I was able to make that jump. And, you know, I was committed, you know, past then to really keep going with it. So it's a lot to say in that, but, you know, encouragement to be consistent with it, know that it's going to be a lot of work up on the front end of it and know that now it's probably going to take longer than what it took me to jump into it for people who are just getting into it now. Yeah, totally. And to put it into a little bit of perspective, when, uh, when did you get back into cards or when did you get into cards? This maybe was the first time or second time, but when, when was that When was that day, month, year kind of that you got back into it? I May mean, not days, but months and year, I guess. Yeah. I think it was like May or June of like 2019. So, you know, what is that like? year and a half ago or something like that yeah roughly and i mean just to just just to put that into perspective for the audience like may of 2019 was lucas were he there i think they were still playing in lucas rookie years and uh luca prisms i mean i always will go back to that first summer of 2019 and being like that was one of the most insane summers for anybody who had been getting back into it lucas were like 50 bucks for a PSA 10, like thinking of that, think about how crazy that would have been. And then, cause I remember even going back to an Instagram post that I had where I was comparing like Lucas when they were $80 and I was comparing that to like uh, Donovan Mitchell's that were like 35 and like Tatum's that were like 35 and looking back at some of those posts, it's really, it's absolutely insane. So I definitely want to put that into perspective, especially for anybody who maybe is trying to get a little bit of value out of this kind of conversation from somebody who has turned it into a full-time gig. You know, if you're looking at it now, Lucas are in that like 1500 to 2000 range. So like, it's not going to be as easy to find an opportunity uh, like it was back in may of 2019 that's not to say that it's impossible but it's definitely uh it's not like the summer of 2019 i don't think people really understand how crazy the pricing was back then like it was basically the gold rush back in the 40s and like you know the, the 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 blue chip opportunities essentially like the the Amazons, the, I know, and I know people hate comparing cards to the stock market sometimes, but like that's, it's, it's basically like if, if Nike, Amazon, um, Apple were all $50 and, and, and now they're $2,000 like they are now it's, it's, it's a wild, um, it it was a wild scene back then. And and so it's, there are opportunities, but you just kind of have to, it's like you said, it takes a little bit longer to kind of find them. And then also kind of, you might have to work a little bit harder if you're kind of trying to turn, turn it into a full time. Uh, so, so for you, like your content, like, um, I'm interested in kind of another kind of maybe piece that people will take some value from, like, uh, how do you kind of structure what you got going on with content? Like, are you on, you're on TikTok, you're on Instagram, like, uh, Twitter, you're on Twitter. So, I mean, I'm kind of just interested in your strategy overall. 
Yeah, I mean, it's interesting for me because I can get pretty distracted from it depending on what's going on. So my strategy has kind of always been like, I'm pretty fluid with what I kind of pursue in terms of like, um, you know, which stream of, you know, what I do in general, do I pursue or put the most effort in, put the most time into. So, you know, for a while, you know, TikTok was doing really well and I was posting pretty consistently on there. You know, that's kind of backed off a little bit as I've kind of, you know, had other things come up that have taken more time. Um, but, you know, when I'm, when I am, you know, creating even just posts of, you know, my cards that come in, um, you know, a big thing that I'm trying to do is add value in any way that I can, even if it's just, you know, recent pickups, which most, most of the time, that's what it is. That's what it, that's what it usually is of what I'm posting. And, you know, I'll try to, you know, break down the reasons why, like I might be, you know, Miles Bridges was a recent guy that I picked up, you know, he might be not do, be doing the best, you know, any of the potential guys you could pick up, but he's a guy that, you know, personally, I like, he's a, you know, high flyer. And like, I, I talk through, you know, so other people can, you know, break down, you know, why I might be doing this. And I know based on feedback that people have like taken advantage of this. And like, I know I, had mentioned like um, like Bull Bull and because he was coming back last season at like a certain point that there was a guy who picked up, you know, a couple hundred dollars worth and made like a thousand dollars within a couple weeks because I was like, hey, he's coming back in a week or two. And, you know, then his stuff shot up because he, it was like the scrimmage or the, um, yeah, the scrimmage or whatever it was before the, before the bubble. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, st- little stuff like that, where I'm just trying to mention, you know, what I'm thinking about, because what I've learned in the hobby is if you're not having conversations with other people, if you're not getting different perspectives, you can miss out on those things that either are happening that you just don't know about, or you just haven't brought up in your own head, even if you're super deep into it. So, you know, it's definitely that's, you know, my strategy is to try to, that's from the beginning, it was to, you know, create value. And then I always love connecting with people. So, you know, I, my DMs are usually always open. Like it, it's never really too hectic where I can't get back to people. So I usually try to respond to as many people as I can. Sometimes when it's like, join my live, I'll just kind of like delete that. <laughs> but um, yeah, otherwise I try to, you know, talk to people and help them through where they're go, what they're going through too. And, you know, there's people I've had conversations with, you know, that I scroll up and it's been like six months to a year that I've been talking with them. So, you know, that's kind of my strategy is just be somebody that's accessible and, you know, trying to provide content for, for those who are beginning. Cause I, I needed it. That's what I remember, you know, starting out was like, I reached out a ton of people and it was hard, you know, it's hard to, absorb all the information they can give you in one long message let alone you know be motivated to try to talk that out now when like people ask me i'm like hey like i have my podcast that has a ton of information in it that you can learn a lot from like you're gonna learn from more from that than me typing out a really long message you know so yeah that's yeah. kind of been the goal yeah i totally agree and i think you had two really great points there i think the first one is something that i go through like on a almost an hourly basis. It's the, my idea of what I think I should be doing with content is like constantly changing. Like 
some like and i think it's fairly noticeable within the content because it's just basically the amount of content that ends up getting produced like some days it's instagram some days it's now it's more recently been youtube some days it's tiktok some days it's twitter so it it's constantly changing and i think someone from a content perspective like yeah you should probably try and build up a base on one platform and really focus on figuring that platform out uh but it's also important to kind of move into other platforms and try and figure out how those ones work as well and like you said i think it's it's constantly changing for me and then the other point that i think you made that was really good was the connecting with people i think that the i've learned more from just reading comments and reading other people's comments on content and stuff like that than i have really almost doing my own research at times so i think that you know doing it, it sometimes may take a little bit more work to to figure out exactly where you want to try and either connect with people or um, learn from you know comments on like slab stocks posts or like any other big or like conrad who i just had on the podcast uh, last week you know it's it's, it's, it's important to learn that way as well as doing your own research and kind of seeing if you have an, uh, a, a concept that you think may work. Um, so, I mean, those were two, two points that I 100% agree with. And I mean, anybody who DMs me, I try and get back to them. I mean, it's, it's sometimes it gets a little bit crazy and sometimes I'll look at my inbox and it'll be like seven unread, um, uh, notifications I'll, be, and I'll just have like anxiety and I will be like okay I'll just respond to everybody tomorrow and then like then it's eight and I'm like oh my god what am I going to do here uh but so yeah so I think those are two two points that I definitely agree with so you know as somebody who has taken this to uh, a full-time kind of thing uh you know that's most for most people that's kind of their goal so like what is a goal for you that you've set within cards uh that you that you've kind of set or that you think is important for the future yeah I mean for me at this point, it's, it's really, you know, I've, what I've been doing has worked so far and it's worked to be, you know, at least sustainable at this point, but I've done like a lot of reinvesting into it to where, you know, I do have, you know, I have like a huge, a huge sub that's out, you know, should have sent it out, you know, every month in batches, you know what I mean? So changing how I do things to where when I get all that back, that'll be great. I'm, going to try to liquidate that all as soon as I can. I have some big cards and I'm going to try to sell in Dallas. Um, you know, my goals are to have it be more of a consistent income to where, you know, at this point it's been reinvesting now as, you know, it being a full-time thing, I need it to be a, you know, thing that I can say, okay, this is what I can rely on every month based on, you know, what I know and the deals that I can do, you know, I'm focusing on more of like, being happy with a couple hundred dollar gain versus, you know, in the past, it's been, let me try to five X my money, which I've been able to do. It just takes a long time when you know, I'm doing that through great, doing that through grading and stuff like that. Um, so it's really just, my goal is, you know, a shift in mindset and a shift in how I do things to where it's more reliable and I'm able to, you know, get more, more consistency out of, you know, my income through it. Um, I'm not, you know, exactly sure how that's going to look. I've, you know, thankfully I have a guy who's local here who's been doing more of what my next step should be. Um, and so I have him to kind of feed off of as far as like, you know, information he shares with me and just kind of what his idea is, you know, he's like, you got to like, eventually you're going to have to diversify from SGA. And like, I, at this point, like I know that, and that's like my plan moving forward is to, you know, move into the Kobe and I've picked up some Kobe um, he's probably like the second guy that I've got, you know, 
in terms or he's like definitely the biggest guy I've got in terms of legends you know I need some you get some LeBron MJ stuff like that my plan is you know Dallas take what I have be like hey you know if I can get some LeBron or MJ or you know Kobe out of this stuff like I'd be happy to do some trades um so definitely moving into more of the stable less risky and now that I've been able to grow capital through you know grading and these some of these bigger purchases that I've really appreciated over time um, I think that's going to allow me to you know even though it's going to be a smaller return it's going to be you know enough to where I'm like you know that's a decent amount of money like the dollar amount itself is going to be good enough for me to be like okay I'll take that out and keep going with what I have capitalized and in cards to just keep sustaining me through and, you know, continue to reinvest and go from there. But, you know, if you're doing it full time and you're trying to make, you know, that jump, you have to, you have to switch, you know, how you approach things from, you know, for me, I was buying, you know, 10 to hundred dollar raw cards and just trying to send them all to grading. And, you know, that's great for starting out. I think that's probably one of the best ways you can, over time, if you're just doing that, you know, if you have a budget once a month, even if it's like a hundred bucks, 200 bucks, like every month that you're sending out a sub, like your money can really grow, but that's not as sustainable when you have like a six, six to nine month wait for PSA. And, you know, I still think that's great because it, it keeps, it kind of holds people back from making that jump who maybe aren't ready for it. Um, but it definitely isn't as, you know, uh, sustainable if that's what you're trying to do long-term. So it's more of a transition to a long-term sustainable position that I can make on it. So. Gotcha. So I have two questions about grading here. So the first one is, has your, cause you, you kind of mentioned your strategy around grading. Has that changed from maybe uh, like, and I'm not sure if this is exactly what you were doing. Like, were you sending in like a big bulk order and now it's kind of switched to a bunch of smaller, more consistent orders or it ha- has your strategy changed or what is your strategy when it comes to grading overall? Yeah. So I sent in a couple really big orders and that's generally how I've done it is like, I'll let stuff stockpile and I'll be like, Oh, I should send this out. And you know, in the past, that's what had happened. Then it'd be a big PSA bill and you know, I'd be stuck on not really having, (laughs) having any money available for it until I was making sales of the stuff I had on hand. Um, you know, whereas now I've sent out a couple, you know, 45 day, 20 days, you know, over the last, you know, couple uh, months, but I've been nearly sent out as many, I haven't been buying a ton of raw stuff. So like, that's my other thing is like, I haven't been buying a ton of like base of anything. It's all been the, the raw stuff that I've been buying is color um, of players that, you know, Gary Trent Jr., Miles um, Bridges. Those are a couple of players I've been buying raw stuff of, um, you know, still some SGA, you know, if I, if I like it, um, so I'm st- if, you know, it's a card that I'm, I think is an awesome card or whatever, just stuff I like of him or so I'm, you know, buying the color stuff, but definitely have moved away from the base generally in, in general too. I've moved away from base. Like when I have a hundred base prism SG cards at, you know, PSA, when those get back, you know, I'll move on from them in batches, but um, you know, that's something I'm trying to get, get away for, get away from, um, yeah. And then I've done some like two day, I did just recently, I did a two day BGS, um, 
sub that you know that came back in a week that was fantastic it's just expensive and the cheapest right. card you want to send in is something worth you know 800 to a thousand dollars so you know, i'm kind of moving into that you know place where i can get cards like that and send them in like that um but that's you know short-term flips where i can stuff like that so doing the bgs stuff where it's a two day, it'll come back in a week, but that just moves up the price of what I have to go into. So that's almost more of what I'm looking at. Cracking nine, sending them into, or PSA nine, sending them in to BGS for nine fives, stuff like that. Um, you know, we'll see kind of how that evolves. I'm still gonna send in, you know, long-term subs, but it might not be, uh, quite the same way as it looked before where that's my main. Yeah, strategy. that makes sense. That and makes so sense. you also had mentioned potentially some big cards coming back from PSA, maybe some SGA. And I'm, I'm interested if you, would you be willing to share what those cards are on the podcast or yeah, know, are you kind sure. of, are you kind of holding it a little bit closer to the chest? No, for sure. I, I mean, I'd love to share it here. So first card that I got back. So I recently bought a uh, rock hard reviewed um, Gary Trent jr. Nine uh, five a national treasures rpa out of 99 it's got a great patch i sent that in that one got a 95 was super pumped about that um i also sent in a immaculate um rpa of sga um out of 99 as well that one got a 85 but based on some issues you know more issues that i saw over time i was thinking maybe it would go down to an eight so i was pretty happy with an 85 nine is the highest grade that they those have they're really tough grades so I was, I was really happy with that and then for those of you who've seen you know my page and the stuff i have you you'd see that i have a um, sga prism gold auto out of 10. um that was in P, a psa slab psa 9 decided to crack that and send it into bgs um and that one got a 9.5 with a 10 auto wow so, the subgrades too were pretty great. It was like a nine five centering, uh, nine five surface, ten edges, and then a nine corners. Um, there was one where the nine corners were switched. What had a nine five, and then the centering had a nine, um, which I think mine is better. I, I like the centering on him. And then there was one true gem plus. So I think mine has a second best grade. There, you know, my PSA nine was the only. PSA uh, graded one of those. So technically I've got like the second best grade for one of those. So that I'm gonna be taking to Dallas. I'm pretty excited about it. We'll see, you know, it's, it's definitely the top card, you know, I have, we'll see what, you know, somebody wants to pay for it. Right, right. Um, but with him doing really good right now, it's definitely great. Um, but yeah, so I was, I was pretty pumped about that. Wow, yeah, so I mean, that's like, and you said that was a prism, right? Yeah. Prism. prism autograph. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that is like a, that's a absolute like monster card right there. Yeah. Yeah. It was, you know, picked it up for around three K, uh, two, three months ago, even then, you know, it felt like kind of a stretch at that, but I saw it and just looking at the comparable, you know, cards, like his other high end stuff was going for, um, you know, more, even if it was a PSA 10, I was just like, there's no way that this gold is this compared to all these other, you know, 
you know, the tiger stripes and the, you know, other low or color prism. So I was like, I, ha I had to do it. And it's with the crossover, I mean, with the BGS grade, it, it definitely paid off. So pretty Yeah, fun. wow. And I mean, so I'll ask one more question that I have been asking all the guests on the podcast. And I mean, I think you may have just answered the question, but I think um, there may be a different answer to it. So like, what is your dream card, you would say, other than this SGA gold that you have? So we'll take that out of the conversation. Other than that card, what would you say is your dream card? Um, so one that like, had it come up, like if it was up today, I would have bought it in a heartbeat. It was a um, SGA uh black laser so donruss laser it was the black one of one it came up for like 1200 bucks like six months ago or something like that you know wish i had the funds at that point i haven't seen it up since but that's definitely the one that's still because laser is kind of the thing that i started out on in terms of like you know low numbered sga that i was buying because it was cheap and it was a great looking card to me that's still I mean, over almost over the, you know, prism black one of one and, you know, maybe the optic one of one, um, just because it's maybe still attainable for me too. <laughs> right. Right. As far as like, I think I could get that card, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I'd love to be able to get my hands on it. Who knows where it's at right now, but yeah, that's, that's just because it has like from a true collector standpoint, that's the card I kind of started out with him that, you know, it was early on that card and early on him. So that's, that's the one that's kind of still stuck with me till now. Yeah. I mean, that's like the modern stuff is so there's so many different interesting cards that are coming out of like modern products nowadays. And I think, you know, like you said, you, you started out with one of the things and that's kind of what you've all, what you want to end up getting maybe hopefully at some point. And I think that's, I mean, that's super cool. Like I, I don't know. I, I, I keep asking these guests and like in my head, I don't, I still, it's honestly tough for me to even really think of what my dream card would be. And I guess maybe on one podcast, I'll talk about it or something, but this podcast is about you, Jake. So that's why I'm asking you these questions. Like what is your dream card? Um, so I want to thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I really appreciate the time now tell the audience where they can find you all throughout the internet. Yeah, you guys. So Instagram is Jake's underscore B ball underscore underscore cards. Um, Twitter jake's b-ball cards without any underscores or whatever tiktok i mean if you just search jake's b-ball cards tiktok instagram twitter um youtube where else um podcast podcast yeah so spotify or apple um podcasts um yeah i've recently jumped into clubhouse i don't know if you've gotten into that yet um it's been a pretty cool thing it'll be interesting as it continues to grow bigger that's definitely a platform you know card wise it's going to be really interesting to see because it's you know emerging tech and some of those people are people who are into cards you know is that going to be a you know popular um genre on there that'll be a pretty cool thing to see so if you guys are you know on there look jake burchett up on there i'm on i'm on there just recently got on it so, you know, I'll every now and then join a room that we're talking about sports cards. So, yeah, stuff like that. I mean, I'm always looking for kind of what's new and what's next. So trying to get my, you know, brand out there as many places as I can. And you said you were you were going to the Dallas Card Show, correct? 
Yes, so I'll be at the Dallas Card Show. If any of you are going to be there, I will have a table. I'm planning on getting a banner, so it'll be obvious that it's me because <laughs> sometimes it's hard. Like, even though I show probably my face more than a lot of the other card, you know, um, accounts in general, like my pictures on Instagram, if that's all you're seeing, which is like a lot of what people see sometimes, or just through my story, you might not see my, you know, beautiful face like all the time. So right. if, if, you know, if you see that banner hanging up or whatever, like definitely say hi, let me know if you've seen my, you know, saw this uh, podcast or you, um, you know, have seen my stuff, but I'd love to, I mean, I get so much joy out of meeting people who, you know, I've um, just known through social media or like discord and stuff. So I've at least, I've got hopefully several people I'm meeting there um, that I haven't met in person yet. So pretty excited about that. Yeah, that's, I mean, it sounds, that should be a lot of fun. I'm excited. Um, I'm excited to see kind of what comes out. I'm sure, because I've seen some other people talking about, it. I know the card talk guys are going down there, I think, yeah. or at least a few of them. I'm not sure if they all are, but uh, yeah, I'm excited to see kind of what kind of, if there's content and stuff coming out of there. So uh, Jake, like I said, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, I will, I'll have to have you on sometime in the future. Uh, sure. Thank you for your time. Awesome thing. Thank you, man.